You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by the Breeders' Cup. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in again. It's Monday, March the 20th, beginning of a new week, the first day of spring today, though it doesn't feel much like it here in TW11. A rather grey morning, nothing grey about the sport last week. Cheltenham is now in the rear view, but it won't stop us casting a backward glance during the course of this week just to work out exactly what happened and what might happen for the remainder of the National Hunt season. But we must press on a pace. And for all I'm looking forward to speaking to Lucinda Russell and to Peter Maloney later on in the programme and indeed to Ed Crisford about the Dubai World Cup this Saturday. There's some breaking news that we're bringing you on the podcast today and that is the return after a 10-year ban from the sport for the once extraordinarily high-profile rider Eddie Ahern. Never any doubt about his talent, but he was banned for 10 years in 2013. In a moment... You're going to be hearing from him as he announces to me his intention to come back once his ban has finished. He'll be reapplying for his license in May. David Yates from the Daily Mirror is with me. David, it might just be worth reminding everybody of the circumstances here before we hear from uh, Eddie Ahern himself. Eddie Ahern was Ireland's champion apprentice of 1997. Uh, His best season was in 2006 when he rode 140 winners. I think he rode 100 winners plus in the four years from 2003 onwards. And in 2013, he became the highest profile jockey uh, to fall foul of uh, the corruption rules in racing. Uh, He was banned for 10 years. The circumstances around uh, that particular case it was the Jane Chapel Heim trained judge the moment that was at the centre of it. And this was at a, a at Lingfield, a, a two mile handicap in which Eddie Hearn was uh, said to have ridden the horse in front at a six or seven furlong uh, pace, according to the judgment of the panel. Also in this case was Neil Clement, a West Bromwich Albion footballer. Um, there were, multiple instances of communications between the two mobile, the the pair's mobile phones. Um, Clement was found to have laid four more horses that Ahern had written. So that's the background to this. Until now, Ahern has really given no indication either way as to whether he wants to come back to the saddle. He is 45 years old. As Dave has told you, his ban ends in May, after which he'd have to go through a process. But he spoke with me exclusively earlier on today and I began by asking him whether really it was his intention to come back and be a jockey again. I think the answer is yes. And the reason why it's kind of the yes is coming out very quick is because um, um, I'm, I've lost a lot of weight and I feel I feel good in myself and I feel like there's a few more years of my left, it, 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 you know, a few more years race riding left me yet. So I think I, I, think I answered your question very quick. I think, uh, yeah, I, I want to go back riding. Um, I don't know if, if I want to go, um, you know, chasing uh, chasing up and down the country, but I'd like to go to to um, nice meetings to ride, you know, nice horses. I think if I get back on the race course and ride a winner, I think all those feelings and and 
the pleasure of riding a racehorse. We'll all come flooding back, and I'll just I get I get the bugs straight away. So, what have you been doing since since you were banned? Well, I was I was I started off. Um, I went back to Ireland and I was riding out for. Um, I did two years with Jim Bulger, and before that, I was with um, David Watchman before you retired. So I was in the morning time. I was doing the racehorses riding out in the morning, and in the afternoons, I was buying and selling um, ponies and horses. So Connemara ponies was my my hobby, and it was a it was a good income in the afternoons to be producing ponies and and selling them on. And and that went from I was asked to go one day to collect the horse from Goss to um, I went to Goss to uh, to pick up a horse to bring back to to the yard and and break it. And when I was over there, I bought an Elzam for five thousand pounds and or five thousand euro, and I sold it for fifty thousand. Went to Hong Kong. So I kind of got into the the break and the break and the pre training and uh, and uh, the breeze ups then. I'm I'm guessing that reaffirms in you in you that your your bottle is still intact. Your bravery is still very much there. Yeah, I, I enjoy hunting. I enjoy going down to tricky fences. Um, an easy fence wouldn't be a challenge, but I, I would try find something that will challenge me and my horse going down to a jump. Um, the, you know, going down to a big jump with a hedge or a drain at the back of it, there's, um, you, you, I think you do need your bottle. Um, I think you normally go for an easier route when your bottle goes, but I still like the, the daredevil route. It's interesting because obviously you've, you've forged quite a good career since since you were away from the saddle. Coming back will be tricky. There'll be a lot of scrutiny on you and people yeah. saying, oh, you know, should he be there? Should he come back? Do have you have you? Do you think you're in, in a good good enough place, sort of in your in your head t- to do that and to cope with all that? Definitely, because it's you know when you take yourself out of racing for such a long time, you see your life differently, and you you know you, you behave yourself differently, and you and and you work harder, and you're more dedicated. Jockeys, I think it just came too easy to me. It was just it was just so easy you know get up in the morning write a bit of work go race and come home and you have to ride in a few winners and do it all again tomorrow now i have to run a business and 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 look after staff and look after other people's horses and it's a 24 7 job you live in at the yard and you have to be there all the time and even when you're going to the sales you have to be at home at night and and you have to be there in the morning to make sure everything goes right for the yard so you really have to change your life around to a business way of thinking and and how to look after your staff your horses and and uh, and yourself obviously and and to what to what extent do you think that you're a different person now to the one 10 10 11 years ago a, a more responsible person yeah definitely more responsible definitely more focused and and my memory is so much better now like your brain is just flipped to the to, it's just opened up you know so is there a sense of unfinished business that, you know, you had a decent career and everyone always said how talented you were and how able you were. And obviously uh, it, it's been derailed in fairly spectacular fashion. Is there an itch that you need to scratch and say, right, I was actually pretty good and I really need to prove that to myself and everyone else again? Do you know that when I when I watch races now and I, and I watch uh, Ascot and all those races and I'm thinking, Jesus, you know, I was going to win this there, right? I won that race. At the time, you, you don't realise all that. You, you you jump in your car, or your you, Jamie Spencer's plane, or Daryl Holmes' plane, and you go racing, and you sleep on the plane. You get to the race course, you might have to sweat or or walk the course, and you ride it, your horses and come home again. 
everything's not you don't appreciate it now I'm looking at photographs of James Doyle and Adam Kirby and, and, and the boys going racing and I go you know I you know I miss that and when I, w- I I used to do that but back when I was doing all that I never I don't think I appreciated it you know so I want to go back and enjoy it, enjoy it um, second time round and if you if you do get your license back, and obviously there's a there's a process to go through in order to do that. You, even if the band's finished, you I guess you have to you have to reapply and satisfy everybody that you're a you're a fit and proper person to have a have a license again. Do you would you would you prefer to kick on in Ireland, or would you would you come back to the UK? What would be your your plan? I live with Holly um, in in England, so I def- I'd be definitely going to the I'd be definitely staying in England. It would be an English license I would, I would be holding. Um, I don't think Ireland is big enough for me. Um, I don't think I don't think there's enough racing, and, and I don't think there's enough trainers and jockeys to, to go around for everybody. Um, Ireland makes a bit, England it makes it a little bit easier. There's more racing, and there's a lot of young trainers that I that I don't even know who they are now at, at this stage. When I do look at a racing post, but if I could go back and ride for some of the old trainers, get my name out there again, and then just funnel in, just nice and quiet. And you know it, that would be nice, and to enjoy it, you know, look forward to your rides. And you can only do one meeting nowadays, and the weights have gone up. And and as as you said, like I'm more disciplined now with everything I do, so I think I'll be able to control it better. Yeah. So I guess that what they'll need to be satisfied is that you're not going to reoffend, or you're not going to take the path of least resistance, and that your personal circumstances are, are pretty pretty secure as well. Um, you're you're living with Holly Smith, the show jumper, who people will will know very well. Yeah. Um, what sort of influence has she had on you? I think I, every time I tell people I don't I don't want to go back right, man. It's just it's just it was just my way of saying stopping the conversation. But Holly would say, "Listen, come on, I'm watching you ride every day, and you love your thoroughbreds, and you know what I mean. Uh, you're never going to make a show jumper because you don't even know what leg you're on, and uh, and you should go do it, you know." And you're young and and you're fit and you should definitely. So she she would be the one that would push me towards it. But if, if when other people say it, that just goes over my head. Well, it sounds like you're in a in a good place in every respect, apart from one, which is that you have had a pretty nasty leg break uh, just recently. How what's the what's the recovery prognosis there? The, the leg broke 11 months ago. I, I was riding a breaker and, and I flipped over and landed on my leg and I broke the fib and tape and they put a, a, a nail in to support the leg. And after about two months, the the leg rejected the, the nail and it got infected. So that so in June, they took the nail out and put a cage in. And I, and I wore the cage around my leg for six or seven months. And then they took that off because they said it was ready to be taken off. But with the, with the nail back in, which was kind of, frightened me a little bit because I was thinking the last time there was a nail in my leg the leg rejected it anyway lo and behold the leg rejected it again and I got infected again so three weeks ago I ended up in in hospital in Nottingham with um, with an infected leg so they took the nail out at the infection still there so I'm I'm, I'm treating well the, the hospital is treating that at the moment uh, it's, I'm on an IV four times a day to, to kill the infection and it's still there it's still lingering but um, I think we're getting to the bottom of it now very quick. And it could just time things could time quite well. So when that's when that's done, then you'll be in a position to 
to reapply for the license and look yeah. look toward what look towards the summer something like that i think so and um, if i spend any more time in this hospital i'll be about a stone even and uh because I, I stick to the three meals a day they're small meals and uh by the time i'm finished by the time i get get out of here and get myself strong again there's a lot of work to be done on my leg to get the muscle back i think it'll all fit in nicely to uh to my comeback time Eddie Ahern, who is planning a comeback, hoops to jump through first, both um, physically with the broken leg and and also from a regulatory standpoint. But it's interesting news nonetheless. David Yates, what did you make of that? Well, very interesting. As I say, this was very much the highest profile case. You know, just looking at um, the big race wins of Eddie Ahern, there are many of them. A couple at the highest level, Duncan dead heated with jukebox jury for the Irish St. Ledger in 2011. Uh, 12 years earlier, he'd won a, a top level race in his own right uh, when Michael Grassick's Priscelli won the Moyglare Stud Stakes. And you look through his list of big race wins, times are up in the Doncaster Cup, approve a, a, a winner at Royal Ascot in the Norfolk Stakes and a Jim Crack at York. Father Time for the late Henry Cecil, for whom he used to ride quite a lot in the King Edward VII Stakes at Royal Ascot. Very much uh, a jockey with a high profile and an easy jockey to deal with. I, I, I felt that in, in some ways Eddie Hearn could be quite indiscreet. Um, but there's no doubt he was a high achiever. And when this broke in May 2013, it was a, a, a huge story within the sport, as is this, the fact that he's now planning a comeback. How difficult do you think it would be for him to reintegrate into, into a weighing room and to, to establish himself somewhere near the top table? To establish himself somewhere near the top table is going to be difficult because... Um, he's 45 years old now. Any Anybody with any sense would tell Eddie Hearn he would go back to the BHA and say, I was wrong, uh, you know, I was, I was wrong in what I did, but I'm a changed man now. He can't really claim that he was a young jockey who was who was naive and who was corrupted by um, outside forces. He was 35 uh, when he got that ban. But what we should you know always remember in horse racing as in any sport um practitioners aren't employed uh because they help old ladies across the road they're employed because they're very good at what they do and if at 45 uh, i suspect probably a young 45 that eddie hearn can prove that he's still very effective on horseback then he will get rides in terms of his ban of 10 years was it unreasonable um i'd probably say not uh, it, it was probably about right. It was. It, it certainly, I would say, was one of those uh, punishments that got into the racing media and the media beyond. And there's no doubt that that particular case uh, would have acted as a deterrent to any jockeys thinking of doing the same thing. Um, so it's a, it's a very interesting one that he's clearly got to um, prove his fitness with regard to this troublesome leg injury as well. Um, in this instance, there are inevitably those who call for bans for life uh, for jockeys who transgress in circumstances such as this. That's not the way that um, our racing justice system works. He's perfectly entitled to come back and uh, seek a license to ride again. There's no doubting Eddie Hearn's talent. Uh, he was a he was a, a very natural and gifted horseman in, in in my estimation when he rode. I'll be very interested to see how this story unfolds. All right, not quite where I expected to kick off 
today's programme. On to Cheltenham and Ahoy Senor's fall in the Gold Cup was one of the rare lower moments uh, of the week because we simply really didn't know what sort of part he was going to play in the race. But he seemed to be um, going along very sweetly at the time under Derek Fox. We've got to put that behind us and move on. Lucinda Russell, his trainer, joins me on the line now. Of course, Lucinda had Corrick Rambler win on the first day. Lucinda, most importantly of all, how is Ahoy Senor this morning? Yeah, he's fine. He was um, he was pretty tired afterwards, and I think it was a bit of a shock to him. Um, he also he had a quite a nasty hematoma on his quarters, but that's gone down now, and he's he's fine. And he's actually he's uh, Derek's just ridden him this morning and says he's sound and everything. So um, hopefully he's uh, none the worse for it. And it's just a. Uh, it was just, uh, just a bit frustrating, really, but I thought he was running a lovely race until then, but who knows what would have happened. What did Derek feel? How did he feel he was in terms of the way he was travelling and going at the time? Yeah, I mean, he said that he could have gone slower, he could have gone faster. He was just holding on to the next trap and just letting him bowl along at his own pace. And um, I think he was very happy with him, but uh, nothing had really... You know, he said he was jumping perfectly and um it's funny isn't it how he actually it's probably his best round of jumping apart from the fact that he fell <laughs> and um apart from the fact that he you know he doesn't normally fall he's he sometimes makes mistakes but survives them but this time he just couldn't i think he he lost his balance a bit uh, so what's the what's the plan now do you do you try and go to entry where he's run so well before yeah i mean i'd love to do that if he um We'll, we'll just let him tell us, but it would be quite nice if we could if we could get him there and have a confidence boosting round. He loves it round Aintree, likes the fences there, and if he can just uh, have a good round there, and then we can plan our season next year. But um, I mean, it's you know we're, we're beaten but not bowed, and I think if he um, if he's if he's still fresh and, and happy, then we'll, we'll give him another run this season. And how about Corrett Rambler? That was obviously a, a tremendous performance. I mean, what a ride! And I, have you ever seen a horse when they hit, hit the front? I've seen horses sort of stop a little bit but I don't think I've ever seen one actually kind of look into the crowd and sort of say hi before they pass the post yeah that's exactly what we're saying you know that that is correct grumbling you know he skew thinks that he was he spotted a lady with a yellow hat or something but um no he is he's quite a remarkable horse I mean he again he was quite tired for a couple of days but he's back to himself skew's just been out on him and said he feels fantastic was cantering all the way back in um uh, but he uh yeah, he's a. I think he travelled so much better this time than last year. You know, he was he was right up there. Obviously, he was in the, the slower ground. Probably helped a bit with that as well. But he, um, oh, he just uh, he's just a fabulous horse and and one that's still still got a little bit under his sleeve. I think. Mm. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be much bottom to him, or if there is, you don't really know where where it is. I was looking at him thinking, well, if he jumped upsides at the last at Aintree, and I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, would he? Would you be able to send him on then, or do you do you going to have to hang on to him until the the, the last possible minute? Oh, I don't know. I'd have to ask Derek that one. Really, he knows the horse, but uh, certainly it would be a bit of a pain in the neck if he wanted to sort of high five the crowd on the way on the way up yeah. the running. But um, he's uh, yeah. I mean, he's he definitely stays, and I think from that point of view, it's it'll be fine. But uh, I can't really think. It makes me feel a bit a bit uh, anxious when I think about him running again but um yeah no he's 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 been super and as as you say you know it's it's endless endless stamina we just don't really know what he's what he's got uh, i bet uh, is skew still on cloud nine or have you managed to get him down yet oh absolutely and i think Corrick's had enough of carrots actually he's <laughs> he's turning orange with the number of carrots that he's been fed he just uh yeah it's it it really does make it um i mean it's very personal when 
when Carrick runs so well because it's very much, you know, he is Skew's horse, but there's a lot of team behind him. You know, we've got, goes on the water treadmill, the man that looks after the water treadmill and stuff. Loads of people keep him, keep him right. So um, it's not really just Skew, but I have to say it does make it very sweet when it's your favourite horse. All right, that was Lucinda Russell, who, broadly speaking, had a pretty good week. Frustration, obviously, with Ahoy Senor. Sounds as though he'll go to Aintree, where he will be formidable if he if he gets loose like he has done there the last couple of times and, and gets into a, a jumping rhythm. Obviously, I mean loose on the lead rather than loose, as he did in the Gold Cup the other day when coming to grief six out. Uh, David Yates, that's just one target. What what have we um, gleaned over the weekend as to where Cheltenham heroes and and horses who it didn't quite go right for are going next or indeed next year? Yeah, just a few little loose ends uh, to tidy up. Um, Galapandi Shah spoke to Willie Mullins on uh, Saturday morning just as he was going to the Aviva Stadium to watch Ireland win the Grand Slam with that defeat of England. Um, not surprisingly, he said that uh, Punchestown is normally their first port of call with the Gold Cup winners and um, assuming that the horse has come out of that, then that's where he would be likely to go. Um, Noble Yates, um, he was my selection in the Gold Cup, and he, I watched him. Uh, I watched uh, James Bowen become animated and thought, right, well, that's him done with. And as I watched the, uh, the 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 race unfold at its head, I was really surprised to see Noble Yates run so encouragingly and staying on into fourth uh, for the Grand National. Emmett Mullins reported on Saturday that the horse had come out of the race. And he said, as long as he's still OK at the end of this weekend, then Aintree is very much the place to go. Um, so... That's where he would go. Of course, he's uh, 10 to 1 second favourite behind Corak Rambler for the Grand National. Hewick will not be going to Aintree. Shark Hanlon said yesterday that they would look at Punchestown or Sandown uh, for that horse. Of course, he won the Bet365 Gold Cup last April. And Edward Stone, um, a horse who ran really poorly in Wednesday's Queen Mother Champion Chase, Alan King said afterwards that he there, there was nothing obvious that had come to light that he would uh, conduct a series of tests on the nine-year-old. Uh, it looks now as though we might not see Edward Stone for the remainder of the season, but uh, we'll just have to await the uh, the results of the test to see uh, if there was anything to blame for that disappointing run. But that's a that's a, a roundup of a, a few of the loose ends from Cheltenham last week. Of course, we know what the future holds for Honeysuckle. That's it for her on the race course. She's off to become a broodmare now where she will be boarding at Peter Maloney's Rathmore Stud. I spoke to Maloney this morning. I said, what would be the process now for the mayor that stole everybody's hearts once again last Tuesday? Um, so she arrived back in um, Nokeen last Thursday and she got her all her... She has to get swabs and bloods taken um, and they'll take about a week to come back. And when she comes back to us, um, we'll start teasing her. We've got a, a pony stallion there who we've had for, I think, about 30-odd years. Um, and he's very good at his job. He'll tell us when she's in season. Um, when she's in season, then we'll uh, get the vet to scan her ovaries. Um, and uh, as and when she's, she's putting up follicles, and then we'll uh, follow along the follicles. And our job is to try and get her as close to ovulation as possible, keep Coolmore informed. Catherine Magner and Grange is who we deal with there for walking the park. And then we'll just try and get her spot on for him. And 
Uh, we'll book a book a slot to cover her, and away we go. And do do you find when horses come out of training, when mares come straight out of training like that, they tend to be harder, easier, or about the same to to get in foal? Is there any is there any general rule or not? Uh, listen, they're all different. Uh, they're all different. Um, that's why we're going to leave her down. Henry's there for for another week or so, just to let her let them ease her down um, a little bit, and uh, um, we'll, we'll go from there. And I mean, you you often hear about stallion bosses saying that you know <clears throat> a horse who can could have been quite fiery as a racehorse can can actually be a complete lamb as a stallion and just get on and 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 do the job and. And and is pretty easy to deal with. Again, it, it, if if you've got a, a horse who's been, you know, quite on it as a as a racehorse like she has, does it naturally follow that that she's going to be the same as a as a as a broodmare? Well, all I can say is when she's been at home with us during the summer and our holidays, she's been an absolute pet. You go into the paddock with her and she put her head in your lap for a cuddle. She likes nothing more than a cuddle. If you go for a cuddle when she's when she's when she's on it, as you say, and fit and ready to run, she'll eat you alive. So um, I think uh, I think uh, I think she'll relax. Um, it, who knows what she'll be like? Um, please God, she gets in foal and she has a live foal, and all goes well. You know, hopefully she'll be a wonderful mother. And uh, um, but we won't know until we get there. Pedigree is interesting by by Suleimani from that Hernando Naniski sire line. And then from a, a German family on the dam side, I'm guessing that gives you just about every option available. There aren't many stallions you can't cover with, are there? Oh, no, that's the beauty of it. You know, that really is the beauty of it. And, um, you know, <clears throat> we all know Hernando Mares and Hernando Sarline Mares um, uh, are sought after in top class. So um, um, hopefully we're, we'll be all keeping our fingers crossed. And it's, a, as I said, a big responsibility. Um, how much are you looking forward to the next leg of this adventure? Oh, can't wait. Absolutely can't wait. The whole team at home can't wait to get her. And the team in, um, please God, she goes in full safely. And the team in Kenny's Farm in Newhall in Scotland, Kerry and co, can't wait to get their hands on her and look after her. And, um, yeah, <clears throat> first of all, we we need to... We'll, we'll, you know, get her covered. Looking forward to that first 15-day scan with trepidation. And hopefully there's a pregnancy there and uh, follow on from there. It's Peter Maloney with news on, on Honeysuckle. David Yates, uh, that was a, a terrific story. Let's hope she gets in full. Uh, what are we to expect of the future of Davy Russell, who made that temporary comeback and then signed himself off just before the Gold Cup with aggravation of that old rib injury? It wasn't a very happy week for him. Uh, all told uh, and we sort of await news as to as to what he's going to do now yeah it was a very very strange week for Davy Russell wasn't it um when he announced that he was coming back in January after Jack Kennedy had broken his leg I suppose he, he wouldn't have been human if he hadn't have imagined all sorts of things that uh all sorts of glories that might have unfolded at the Cheltenham Festival in in his own mind and it was really a, a, a very deflating experience. There was this sort of war of words with um, with his former boss and a, a, an owner for whom he still rides, of course. Michael O'Leary, the Ryanair boss, uh, told uh, interviews that he, he thought that 
Davy Russell was wrong to come back. Um, I, I asked him about it earlier. He said I, what I meant was he was that uh, he in his personal circumstances that he should probably have just uh, had continued in the role of, of husband and father rather than seeking further glories as a jockey. Of course, Davy Russell hit back at that uh, very publicly, saying that uh, he had as much. Um, and that, that that he respected um, Michael O'Leary's opinion uh, as much as O'Leary appeared to uh, respect his. And of course, there was the defeat uh, for Mighty Potter in the Brown Advisory Novices Chase, just uh, edged out uh, by the real Wacker. He didn't ride conflated into third into the Gold Cup, as you said, Nick. There was this uh, report that he was sore and that he wouldn't take them out, and that went to Sam Ewing. So, yeah, it was a, a, a chastening, deflating experience, and and it it could have been a Cheltenham festival that that promised an awful lot for Davy Russell, and that's not how it turned out. I, I don't know what the future is now. I mean, obviously, he's 43. He came back. The understanding was that um, it was going to be a brief return. We've still got the likes of Aintree and Punchestown uh, to come. But if he thinks, well, if I use Cheltenham as a template of as to how those are going to unfold, I'd be better off perhaps just going back into retirement now. I suspect that that's what he might do, but having spoken to those who are close to him, I, I, I think that that's still yet to be decided and still up in the air. Right, dust has settled on Cheltenham. On we go. The Dubai World Cup takes place on Saturday. We'll be bringing you this podcast from Maidan uh, from Wednesday onwards. Ed Crisford is in situ already, the co-trainer of Algiers, who's one of the leading hopes for the Dubai World Cup. Having limbered up so well and taken to the dirt so well, uh, Ed, how's how's he getting on, and and how how pleased have you been with his with his preparation since his last win? Yeah, no, he's he's getting on great, thanks, Nick. And um, he his preparation's been very good. We we sort of purposely missed Saudi the Saudi Cup um, to make this the target because it just would be you know three weeks after the maximum challenge round two and then four weeks and it was a lot of racing in a short space of time especially on dirt so we opted out on saudi and he's fresh and well and he's in good order uh, he's a horse who seems to have completely upped his game since since switched back to the to the dirt in fact i was looking through his profile and i'm thinking is it changing surfaces was it the gelding operation i mean what what do you think has, has been the secret to his rapid ascent well, I think the the two things you've mentioned there, I think the change of surface to dirt has been a um, pretty much probably the main reason. He, he really acts on that maidan um, dirt, and a lot of horses don't. Shamadal has a very good record on that dirt, um, which is his sire. And um, so, yeah, so that's one thing. And gelding him um, last summer has been another um, factor and he's really lightened up and he's cleaner in his um, wind and I think those two factors have have been really he's wise improved another 10 pounds from what he was running to in England so so the gelding has effectively just made it easier for you to train him has it it's just made it made it easier to get him fit and hard and, and and as you say clean through his wind exactly I mean he's about 30 kg lighter than what he was running when he was a colt, um, and it's it's amazing. He's just he's a, he's a lot more athletic, and you know with that running on the dirt, I think you know he's he's improved another ten twelve pounds, and it's and it's been a 
it's been a game changer for him. It will be a more exacting test for him on Saturday. The Japanese uh, phalanx will make will make sure of that for for sure. Are you are you confident that he's a horse who can handle a very well run ten furlongs as, as effectively as he has been nine and a half when he's used all his tactical speed? Yeah, I think he's 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 he, he's um, the thing about this horse. He can quick and offer offer quick pace. I'm sure of it. And I think 10 furlongs at Maidan will zoom down to the ground. He has won over um, a mile and a half back in France when he was with Andre Fard. So we know he stays. Um, we weren't quite sure what his best trip would be on dirt. Um, but he's. He, we thought it could be a mile, to be honest, at the, at the beginning of the carnival. Um, but when he won over 1900 like he did, we sort of thought, well, he's obviously a World Cup live contender now and I don't think there's a problem in, in the way you know the pace of the race and him finishing off a fast pace like that but it is going to play a huge factor in the race um, the pace and I suppose the draw will play a big part to that That was Ed Crisford um, uh, talking about Algiers who's amongst the favourites for the Dubai World Cup this weekend David Yates you've got some more news from the flat for me Tom Marquand who missed the ride on uh, Dubai Honour in the Group 1 Ranvet Stakes at Rose Hill on the weekend that ride taken by Ryan Moore who was completing a double after his victory in the Golden Slipper Marquand is coming back sooner rather than later yeah, Tom Marquand, of course, uh, sustained sustained a, a very nasty-looking shoulder injury in that fall uh, in Australia. Um, I think we were expect him, expecting him to be out for a, a little while longer, but he's actually returning on Wednesday um, in Australia. R- remember, of course, that he was replaced by Ryan Moore aboard Dubai Honour in the Ramvert Stakes, and it was a, a pretty good weekend uh, for Ryan Moore in that respect wasn't it because he also won the uh, the group 1 golden slipper aboard Shinzo we were we we went most of 22 remarking on uh, how that was uh, an annus mirabilis for Ryan Moore and it's certainly 2023 or at least as it starts uh, gearing up now it seems to be beginning in similar fashion and I just need a tip from you David we're going to the 345 at Taunton, number five in the air. A bit of a frustrating Cheltenham for Gary Moore, but I hope he can get a small measure of compensation here. This horse hasn't run since November, but when he did, it was in a big money race at Ascot. This is less competitive, and I hope that in the air can make a winning return. 345 at Taunton selects his number five in the air. David, thanks so much. Thank you very much for listening. That was Monday, March the 20th. Back with more tomorrow. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association, and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Mm-hmm.